Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. Uh, a while back, I was able to get, uh, get involved in a conversation with Reed Hayes at the University of Florida. Uh, he's a very busy man. He's not only a research scientist at U of F, but uh, also uh, a criminologist within the College of Engineering. But he, I know him best through his work in the Loss Prevention Research Council, which is incredible because we're going to hear today uh, from an incredible ecosystem of influencers that are working with him uh, to uh, supply evidence-based needs of the retail marketplace. Companies like Target, Walmart, and new technology companies like Intel and NVIDIA. So I can't wait to get an update on what he's been up to because it's kind of the canary in cage on how we might think of our future. Welcome to the great conversation, Reed. Really excited to be back again, Ron. Thank you. Let's just do a, a quick uh, baseline just so people know where you're coming from in the following conversation. So give us a, a little more granularity on what you're doing right now. Well, what we're doing is about 35 things, but um, <laughs> at, the, at, at the center of everything is always our guiding principle. Um, and that is safeguarding vulnerable people and places. That's always where we start. That's where we end. Um, so when people talk about ethics, if we talk about inclusion, if we talk about safety and security, whatever it is, we start there and we end there. Let's say it's called the vulnerable. Um, so we work on theft, we work on fraud prevention, we work on violence um, and, uh, and everything in between. And so we've got a pretty, pretty large mandate. In fact, everything but cybersecurity. And uh, we've got our hands full. Uh, I've got a team of four other criminologists that work with and for me. Um, and a research assistant as well. And then we work with uh, interns, right? And other faculty and graduate students here. Um, but we're still understaffed, undermanned because of all the issues that we all are dealing with. But um, right now, fast paced change uh, and uh, our, our primary focus is retailing. And retailing is really a great uh, ecosystem to be involved with because we're talking about uh, distribution centers or fulfillment centers, all the trucking and transport. We've got traveling executives around the world. We've got massive computer systems selling websites. Uh, we've got parking lot issues. We've got uh, corporate and regional divisional office environments. Um, we've got manufacturing plants. Uh, they might make yogurt or they might make something else that they sell in their stores. Um, clothing, for example. Oh, and we've got the stores themselves. Um, and most of the retailers we will deal with have hundreds or thousands or thousands and thousands of, of locations. So we've got our hands full, Ron. Well, also, I mentioned at the beginning here, you've also brought in technology companies uh, as a key part of the ecosystem and partnering with defining that future. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, I don't know if I mentioned before, my father and grandfather uh, being physicians, I, for whatever reason, would read some of their journals, listen to these horrific tapes they would listen to in their vehicles while they were moving around, uh, continuing education. Um, but I learned that early detection, and we all know this and heard this many times, early detection is always better. Early detection, but also accurate diagnosis is better. So the, the sooner and the more we know, the more we have a chance of getting ready. And, and so we take it to the individual level with everything we do. An individual offender 
makes choices. Almost never ever are they forced to do these things, but rather they make voluntary choices. I'm going to be a thief. I'm going to victimize this place as a shop. I'm going to be a shoplifter. I'm going to steal this merchandise this way. I'm going to convert it to cash this way or whatever is going on. Uh, the same with robbers and burglars and everybody else. So we try and understand the decision process of humans. Um, not easy uh, and still evolving, but we look at the steps and stages the individual offender takes to be successful in their mind. Some might cynically call it a good day for a bad guy. Um, those steps, those stages are aiming points or targets for us to have uh, align sensors uh, to put action tools in place and then refine and understand. So that's what we're doing, Ron, and, and some is aligning these sensors. And, and uh, as a social behavioral scientist, there's no way I could design a sensor uh, that compute. Uh, the, I can't build AI models necessarily, um, but I, uh, we're the use case guys. So that's what we're doing with the big tech guys and the little tech guys uh, with all that innovation. You know, it's, uh, it's so poignant. Um, we are taking a simple axiom of, uh, called a business model. And we're, we've been applying it now across the board. I was talking to uh, a former FBI analyst and they use the term kill chain. And it's really understanding the, if you will, the journey that the perpetrator goes through psychologically and process-wise and understanding that behavior. In business, that would be studying how people perform roles in a process using technology to achieve valuable outcomes. But those similar processes, yes, there's, there's aberrations. Of course, you have to plan for too. But there is a standard process many of these people go through in their thinking. And you're trying to interrupt that before they act. And that's been kind of the underlying architecture of retail, uh, preventing retail theft for some time. But some things have changed. Uh, forces of change have occurred now in the United States. Uh, and it's, uh, it's exponential in its impact on what's happening to companies, whether it's distribution or retail stores. Tell me a little bit about that. Is does that make sense to you? You're studying the business, in a sense, the process of an individual offender trying to get left to bang on him before he steals. Is that correct? That's right. And we, and we use the same terms, left at and right of bang um, for those reasons. And I was an infantry officer too. So I kind of uh -huh. uh, was used to that terminology, but um, we're, we're like, you know, everything is sort of a fish swimming in a sea and the sea that is the context in, uh, so we, we have to zoom in and we have to zoom out and all around and how we think about these things because the leg bone is connected to the hip bone. Um, and so in the case of uh, why does crime appear to be rising, uh, both acquisitive or theft, uh, larceny, fraud type crime, as well as crimes against persons, the violence and aggression. Um, and and part, part of it is many of us require uh, a lot of oversight. And, um, and so that's the criminal justice system. Maybe that's the, the formal sanctions that are out there. And we've seen a steady erosion of consequences for would-be offenders. The, the, the downside's not there. Um, and this is a, a sort of out left field a little bit, but, but think about Putin. You know, it, people execute these things if they just, their calculus, their rational choice in their mind is, 
you know what? There's a lot more uh, upside than downside here. I'm going for it. So that's our role is to try and understand that and affect how they perceive the world and then how they make their calculus and execute on that uh, or progress once they've executed. So that's uh, the, the erosion of consequences probably started with baby boomer uh, retirements, um, some of the, the up and down funding at the local level for law enforcement. Um, but then it sort of was exasper- exacerbated, it looks like, throughout the pandemic, uh, obviously with the civil unrest, the defund the police movements. Um, we're not going to have a, you know, McGruff the crime dog. We can't have cops on, on TV, that show and things like that anymore. And so you saw a lot of good officers move to other agencies or move out of law enforcement or just retire a little earlier than they would have liked. Um, and so that results in what we all know. You're moving many, many uh, detectives are having to be moved into patrol roles just to get to some level of patrol um, in these jurisdictions that these retailers we work with are. And, we're, and the retailers we're working with represent just about a quarter of a million retail locations around the U.S. and the world. Um, and so, but particularly in the U.S., they've seen that erosion of consequences. The same thing with the prosecutors, that uh, many prosecutors are elected officials. They're there like the law enforcement officers to safeguard their community. Um, and, uh, but if they were uh, elected in a low turnout election, an LTE, where maybe 50 to 150,000 people elected somebody in a jurisdiction that might include a million or more voters, um, you can see some of the outcomes. You've got somebody that maybe lacks skill or is an activist or just doesn't have a deep understanding of human behavior. They're always, we always want to be optimistic, but at the end of the day, we live in a dangerous neighborhood called the world and we have to live in reality. Um, And so I think those combinations have reduced the downside risk for the offenders at the macro level. What I love about you being on the university of Florida campus is how you've leveraged that uh, because you can bring your DNA from your research, your applied research and working within the use cases that you're developing. Uh, uh, and you can uh, create proof of concepts within your innovation center on the University of Florida campus. At the same time, at the same time, you can navigate the social issues as well. And that is we're constantly, we're constantly navigating <clears throat> this intersection between privacy and our ability to protect our people and our assets. We're constantly doing that. It's, uh, we're not China. We can't just make a authoritarian judgment on what we need to keep you safe. We need buy-in. We need cultural buy-in. How are you navigating that with companies like NVIDIA and, uh, and of course, your end users like Walmart and your manufacturers as well. How are you all navigating the social and the technology advancements we've made? Well, it's, it's tricky, as you can imagine, Ron. Um, you know, what the university gives you is, you know, you're now an academic uh, academically trained research scientists, right? That's really what a PhD is, a research degree. You're supposed to be able to, to conduct a rigorous uh, assessment of anything, um, not just your own discipline, but, uh, but what you knew, you learn how to use theory or frameworks. What have others learned? What's the world look like? How the dominoes, which domino starts and where does it hit next, uh, the next domino and things like that? That's theory or frameworks. Uh, we learn how to rigorously evaluate things so that we can 
you know, determine between is this kind of co-varying, correlated, uh, or is this a causal relationship? And then is there something we can do about that um, to better safeguard? And we have things like RRBs, you know, Institutional Review Board, so that we're, hey, we work with human subjects, participants. Um, and so our research should do no harm, should result in good evidence, but we're translational scientists, right? So we're going to use all this rigor uh, and we're going to translate that to real action on the street in the real world. And so we all the time, I just got off the phone with another retailer a few minutes ago um, that's just got a really cool job as a vice president at a, a growing sports chain um, who grew up in a big retailer and uh, worked with us. But the point is, those guys keep us honest. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I need to know. So we talk to them every week. We talk to the criminal offenders. We had offenders in our labs last week and the week before. Um, we also work with them out in the wild or in the field. So we combine all the rigorous science and frameworks and things, but but we work in real the real world with real problems, and we're we're helping people hopefully hopefully solve those problems. Um, and then, but the privacy issue is a big one. Uh, privacy to us is a construct that's transactional. It's transitory. In other words, it's not an absolute thing. It's it's a, it's what somebody thinks it is right then and there. But they will change, exchange that value exchange we talked about before, that VX. Hey, you know what? For convenience, I'm going to do this. And if you buy something on a website, you're giving up all your personal information. So why is it different uh, at a brick and mortar store and other places where people are getting hurt, intimidated, and uh, and really billions of dollars worth of merchandise is being stolen annually? I just, uh, I personally just had, had an aha and I'm reminded of uh, an experience. I was on vacation in a hotel pool and got to speaking with an Australian executive. And after a period of time, he said, I'm very curious. I, I like to ask Americans what they think the biggest problem in the world is. And for a moment, I paused and I was thinking the biggest challenge we have is whether democracy is efficient enough, fast enough, agile enough, adaptable enough uh, to compete in the world against authoritarianism. And, uh, and it just flashed on me as you were speaking. And I, I think the aha moment is how it is an age old problem of human beings. And that is every tool we create can be used for good or evil. But in the, so it's going to come down to core values, I believe. You, you talked about we are going to have the same or better technology as the authoritarian regimes, but we, we might have in our hands a core value. Let's go back to your core value for a second safeguarding vulnerable people and places that allows us to maybe deal with that power in a much, much more responsible way, a much more democratic way than authoritarian regimes. But can we stay efficient? Can we stay adaptable and agile, Reed, and still maintain those core values? That's a huge, huge question. Um, and, but everything, as you said, can be used for good and evil. But if we can establish, and I love the idea of this is a core value. This is where we start and this is where we end. But it doesn't mean we do anything to safeguard vulnerable people. It means that's our mandate. That's our goal, our objective, our mission, our passion. Um, and so we're going to, but we're going to take into account other people's perceptions. We're going to ask them systematically all the legitimate and 
illicit place users and get their perspectives, but we're still not going to not safeguard because somebody somewhere sometime might be offended. And most of the time when somebody's offended, it's because they're not informed. And when we'd say, okay, given your concerns, um, what if you had to now find an employee because this item is now locked up if we don't have the technology um, and you're in a massive store, it's difficult to find service anyway, uh, or the technology's here, you can select it and you go, you can make the transaction and go home. They're like, never mind. Uh, I like the convenience. <laughs> or even the safety. You end up having That's an right. ex- extreme event, an ex event on the campus. It could be a, tor- a hurricane. It could be, it could be anything. And there's a bunch of people locked in a building and you don't know who they are because you don't have identity because your, your privacy was restricting your ability to collect that identity. So we have all sorts of choices to make, but I love your red line of core values as you navigate those issues. Um, let's let's go to another topic. Uh, Reed, I, I got a hold of you because it's been some time now and your mission is expanded. It's accelerating. What are some of the new developments uh, that are happening right now and we can anticipate in the future from your work? I'm going to use two words, uh, Ron. One is going to be harm. The other is going to be integration. And so one thing we're doing in 2022 is we're really building up, at collecting data evidence around what's the real harm when one person victimizes another or a place. What's the real harm here? What's the, individ- the harm to an individual that's victimized or is in that place during that crime? What's the, the, the emotional, psychological harm to them? What's the, the financial harm to that place? What's the harm in the near term if people don't want to work or shop there anymore because they view it as dangerous? They, are, they have a fear of criminal victimization themselves, a uh, fear of crime, right? Uh, what's the harm to the enterprise in the aggregate from all this that's going on? And we can define that. And then finally to that community where now resources have to go there or that store closes because of the first three that are occurring. So harm is a big thing that we're defining right now um, as we look at the typologies. There's different types of commercial burglary, robbery and everything. We're defining that, but we're defining the harm in much greater detail. And I think that could also help counter some of the the negative uh, narratives that are out there against uh, protection, policing, security, asset protection, things like that. The second one is integration. And I can't tell you how many of the retailers from Australia through the U.S. and elsewhere are saying, I've had it. I have all these things I'm doing, but there's not an integrated strategy. I need to work on that. But these things don't talk to each other. And a lot of them could. How do I get my solution partners and myself integrated? What we do integrated, what, uh, how things function integrated. Um, and so that's what we're working a lot on wrong on both of those. It's uh, it seems to be a, uh... Uh, a topic that's uh, near and present too. And it's uh, not only the technology being able to do this now, but also it looks like many of the risk resilience and security people around the nation are finally getting business buy-off on the fact that it has to be done. One of the uh, conversations I've been having recently is if we can think of our ecosystem, and you explained what that ecosystem was earlier in this conversation, you can think of that ecosystem all having a shared benefit from the resolution of confronting these kind of problems, then uh, you begin to then 
create almost an interstate highway, if you will, that connects them, that can trade intelligence, just like they have with goods and services, and can start to contextualize a whole picture, if you will. I'm seeing more of more of that in the protective intelligence space. Is that what you're referring to, or are you uh, thinking of something else? So I think it's all it's inclusive what you just described, Ron. We've got to have, as we mentioned before, uh, earlier detection, earlier and better definition. We've got to be able to disseminate that information to the right people at the right time at speed, um, uh, more accurate information that way. And we've got to have that supports the right decision making, whether it's a, a manager at an individual place or it's at the enterprise level or somewhere in between. It's coordinating with local law enforcement, on-scene people, particularly during these emergent situations, the mass robs, the active assailants, and some of the other things that we're dealing with right now um, in our area of expertise. So uh, I think that it, it is inclusive of all the above. We've got to get ahead of these things. As you said, let's go farther and farther left of bang if we can. Um, but we deal with bang, too. And then finally, we deal with right of bang. That's a, a big part of this. How do we shut down uh, places that people convert stolen goods to, to cash? Um, how do we affect some of the, the, again, the steps and stages the offender takes to be successful? Right. Also, it dawned on me as we thought about your core values, safeguarding vulnerable people in places, those, those people uh, are defined by their roles in a process. So it's not just the citizen on the campus it's also the institution itself. So vulnerable people takes on back to the integration between the ecosystem. People are harmed within uh, their personal, their professional, uh, their communal settings. And uh, so your term takes on an expansive meaning. Well, I love it. And, and, you know, there are, think about the connections between places too, Ron. That's important. Like here at UF, we have an, a National Science Foundation, an NSF grant, which is kind of the the platinum standard at research one universities, but uh, where we're looking at that, okay, how do we better safeguard that campus, which is pretty, you know, over 2000 acres, um, you know, 70,000 humans working and, and schooling there, researching, uh, but there's connections into where they live, where they shop at, and the broader community. So it's safeguarding each of the places that they are, but the connections between those places are also important. So we have to build that communication so we're doing a lot. Another thing I should emphasize is mapping, 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 visualizing to problem solve, visualizing to tell the story, to get the resources funding that you need to, to affect the issue. Uh, I, the, of my three new research scientists that join my team, all three of them have from good to better to best mapping skills. Um, so you're going to see a lot of that going on. Mapping, mapping, help, help me um, help all of us define that a little bit more. What do you mean by mapping? Well, I mean, some of the members that just joined, we mentioned NVIDIA and Lenovo, Intel and others, but also Esri, ESRI, you know, with their ArcGIS, ArcPro platform, they've joined the LPRC. They've provided us licensing, uh, additional training. We are looking at, let's take, okay, here's an example, uh, an active robbery series. It's happening as you and I are speaking right now in South Florida, Dayton, Broward County, and Auto Parts, one of the major auto parts retail chains in America, they have had nine of their stores victimized by a three-man armed robbery crew, okay? There's nothing more dangerous and scary and traumatizing as an armed robbery uh, in many cases when it comes to crime anyway. Um, and so uh, what can we do about that? Well, let's map all that chain stores, 
not just the ones that were uh, victimized, but that were robbed. Let's let's also map all the other auto parts chain stores that were also not victimized. So only this chain has been hit, not uh, two other major competitors of theirs. Um, so what's the direction of travel? Let's look at the spatio-temporal movement. Let's look at how they progressed in place and time, but also are they setting patterns? Are they progressing also in the tactics they're using? Can we pull together video to tell the story outside the building and in, right? Left, at, and right a bank. How did they get there? What did they do there? What did they do after they left? Can we tell that story using mapping with video clips that are inserted with all? So again, now we're looking at the roadways to travel. Is there a central point where these people seem to be operating out of? Uh, because there are three robbers instead of one, it's more difficult and so on. So we could go on and why, why not? Why, why not? But that's one example. Yeah. And of course, using state-of-the-art uh, machine learning AI skills to begin to recognize those patterns and then provide you a, a visual and an analytical map uh, to be able to decide what your actionable strategies are. Is that right? That's right. And if you look out at our, our UF Safer Places Lab, the four square block area, you're going to see live view trader platforms out there with, uh, again, it's got LIDAR, radar, thermal radar, different types of day-night cameras, uh, microphone sensors, speakers, strobes, things that we can do to affect behavior before an individual comes to that place, maybe even online. Hey, did you see this? And so on. We can study that too, those effects before they get there. The effects uh, near sight as they approach, we can use other cameras and try and understand how that, that technology does that. And then on site, how does that safeguard the green shopper, the one we want there, the good employer, customer, or visitor? How does it affect the red guy, the bad guy, and their behavior? Do we get U-turns? Do we get comments? Um, what's going on there? But then using those platforms to also study that behavior in addition to getting the impact that we want, meshing those together now, mesh the four blocks together, a fusion, pull them into our sock lab, start to understand at different scales how we better safeguard people and, and do it in a cost-effective way that's also encouraging good behavior while discouraging bad behavior, the whole spectrum. Let's, let's end on this note. I, you are doing such seminal, fantastic work. Um, and define for a second who your ideal partners look like. You know, you've mentioned now already partners like Lenovo and NVIDIA. You've talked about partners like Walmart. Um, but tell me what an ideal uh, supporter of your work looks like and how they might get in contact with you if they hear this for the first time. Well, I, no, that's a great question. Okay, so I think that we've got most of the major retailers and we've got you know vice president level, officer level uh, members from those retailers, almost 70 of these corporations and all their divisions and, uh, and chains under them. Um, We've got about 85 technology companies. There's a few that we'd like, like we guys, we don't have Microsoft, Qualcomm, Cisco, IBM, uh, that probably could help us pull together platforms that might have some of the chips that would be helpful that have a lot of expertise at the smart city level, right? That smart and connected community level, in addition to what we're doing at that place level uh, or out in the ozone. Um, I think companies that are help that could help us. So we've got one and maybe another coming on that can help us better uh, define, scrape, uh, detect threats and other things online, chatter that we should know earlier that we can use to make sense. Um, again, whether it's a shoplifting group 
uh, or it's an active killer assailant. Um, again, we need earlier detection. We need better communication. We need better connections. That's outstanding. Reed, I want to thank you uh, once again for joining us. It's been a, a great conversation. It was great to catch up with you. And uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm right now one of the uh, purveyors of your data as it comes across LinkedIn and off your website. I really appreciate your work and, and, uh, and the people who are supporting you, Reed. I say the same thing about you, Rom. Ron, and your work, your podcast, and the things that you do to make these connections and really help us all move forward together. We couldn't do it at the same level without you. This has been a great conversation with Dr. Reed Hayes.